there are these two young fish swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what the hell is water? I'm Don Hall and this is the Peculiar Journeys Podcast. Peculiar Journeys is a weekly storytelling podcast designed to see the water that surrounds us. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Don Hall. This is episode 52 of Peculiar Journeys Millennium Park Stories. Now, Today I'm going to introduce you to Marlena Carlson. Marlena was one of my returning ushers, and I did not know her, but I knew that she was very responsible. What I found out was Marlena is a stage manager at Prop Theater here in Chicago and is extremely detailed-oriented. She was one of the best ushers I think I'd ever seen. She's very focused, um, very on task. She was one one of the things that... uh, when we would open the Grant Park Music Festival uh, bowl for you know patrons, before we would do that, when she would get in there, she would get a cloth and walk around and clean off seats and make sure that all the garbage was picked up. And she was she was extremely uh, on task when it came to being an usher. So she was an outstanding usher. I would say I learned as much about what ushers did in the park for this summer from her than I as I did from anything else that I did and it was uh, it was she was she was remarkable I really liked her I like people it's weird I guess it's just the way that I have in my blood to like people so uh, being around 15,000 of them at a time doesn't bother me uh, yeah I and I genuinely like helping people um I get a small thrill from making people happy. Yeah, so my day job is uh, I work at a coffee shop and making a person the perfect cappuccino for them brings me delight. Because it like makes their day, it's a very small thing, but um, they know that I will do it well and they literally come see me to make their cappuccino and they know it's gonna start their morning good and that's, Enough for me. I got the call on the radio. Miguel to Don. So this is Don. Go. Says there's someone dying in the seating bowl. So repeat that. There's someone dying in the the seating bowl. That's a pretty extreme thing, as you can well aware, be aware of. And so I took off. I said as I'm as I'm kind of jogging to the seating bowl because I was on the far west end of the lawn I said Miguel tell me exactly where this person is who is dying and he said section 202 row K in the middle so I, I, I approach this area and I get there and I don't see anyone like in distress everybody's just sitting there and I don't see anybody in that section that looks like they're they're dying so I don't know where this where this person is. And, and a man walks up over to me and says, are you the house manager? I said, I am. He says, there's a gentleman um, and I think he's dying. 
in the middle. And I look and I still don't see anyone. And he says, oh, he's laying down on the ground. I went, oh, shit. So I, I look a little closer and I see that there is a gentleman center in the center of the section. And this is there. There's not a seat available. It is packed. And the orchestra concert is going on. And you can I suddenly notice people around him are, are looking very tense. So I very, you know, try to be as, as completely uh, invisible, I guess, as I possibly can be. And I, I slowly slide, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, thank you, thank you, I'm sorry, thank you very much. And I get to, the, on the row above this guy, and I look down, and this guy is laying on the, the ground, and he's got his friend next to him, just looking out for him. And I, I said, excuse me, sir, I said, are you okay? He said, yes, yes. I'm having, and he called it something, some kind of a, a, an episode. It basically, it was a seizure. Um, I didn't recognize what it was, but I'm not a medical doctor, so what do I know? I said, okay, are you going to be all right? He said, yes, I'll, I'll be fine. I said, okay, do I need to call EMS services? He said, oh, no, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And I said, okay, well, I'll tell you. I said, here's what you can do for me is if you can if you can actually get up on your own volition and sit in this chair rather than lay on the ground in the middle of the seating bowl, if you can do that, then I won't call 911. But if you're not able to do that, then I'm going to have to call 911. And he grudgingly, he kind of gingerly gets up and he sits down in his seat. And I said, and you're going to be okay. And he said, yes, I'll be fine. I'm sorry. And I said, okay. And so I exit, but I keep an eye. And I go to Miguel and I said, would you keep an eye on that gentleman? And then I recognize the fact that he seems fine. And apparently whatever he went through was fairly violent. And I've, I've seen those when I was a house manager. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I've seen some pretty violent uh, seizures happen. And so I know what that's like to have to be around. And it's a little off-putting. It's a little weird. And I noticed that the people around him are still very uncomfortable. And I'm just kind of kind of standing there. The music's going. I'm kind of keeping an eye on And several people get up and come over to me. And they confess. I really think he needs some help. I really think he needs attention. I really. And I realize while he seems fine, they're freaked out. The people around him are freaked out. And it is spoiling their, their experience listening to the orchestra because they're afraid he's going to do it again. They're not as worried about that he's actually in distress right now because he seemed fine at that point. It's just that they don't want him to do it again while they're sitting there because it freaked them out. So I do a little math in my head and I realize we've got about four minutes until the intermission. And so I wait until the intermission and then I squeeze through again and I walk up and I said, can you do me a favor? And he and his friend are like, oh, what? And I said, since we're at the intermission, I'd like to move you up closer to the orchestra and better seats. I said, the, re the reason I'd like to move you up to better seats, like pretty much close up to the, on the aisle, is that they'll, first of all, there'll be better seats for you. I said, and second of all, that gives me the opportunity if you go into another seizure, you're close to an aisle so we can, uh, we can attend you much quicker uh, than like in this sea of people. And he looked over his friend and his friend says, well, yeah. Man, you should do this at every concert. And they both laughed. So that was the situation. So I, I moved them to better seats, and I immediately see that everybody they were sitting around relaxed. They, they, they were so pleased that something had been taken care of. And sure enough, the guy didn't go to any, any more seizures the rest of the night. He had a wonderful time. He thanked me afterwards. And so the guy that was dying in the seating bowl 
Had a really good time and got better seats for dying. I don't know. It's more of accumulation. Um, you really get to know the patrons, uh, especially the members for the Grand Park. And they spend hundreds of dollars. So they they want to be looked after and pampered. And, and um, you know, they know our names. And uh, it makes them happy to see the same people taking care of them. It gives them, like, a grounding in the world. Uh so it's more it's more cumulative people show up and say how you doing marlena how's your night oh golly you know i got a piece of cheesecake last week that that was pretty thrilling um another gentleman named elmer shared that he is is from italian descent and he made some focaccia that he shared um what else they try to give us wine but i always say no Really? Yeah. You've always said, you've never said yes. No, I don't drink on the job. I signed a, I signed a waiver that I would not drink on the job. And I, even when I worked in the patron, um, the impresario lounge, as we call it, uh, the, the high rollers tent and you know, there's wine there. I still wouldn't drink it. I took a bottle home at the end of the summer. Well, that's way fun because they had extra. It was sponsored by a city winery. That was my first year here. And that was nice because I got to know, again, some of the, the higher echelon of, of the, the members. And so they knew my face and they knew my name. And Well, of course, medical problems are always very scary because um, you, you're, you're encouraged not to do self-evaluations of people and to just try to get them help as soon as possible. Uh, using common sense, but you know, you you don't know if someone's having a seizure. Or I know that you personally, Don, have just recently had a guy that was seizing of some kind, and you were dealing with him, and he looked at you and said, "Yeah, I'm okay." So that's helpful. Don, we have uh, a woman that is having some distress distress on the aisle in uh, section 206 so I, I, I go over and sure enough there is a woman and she is she, she's an older lady probably late 60s middle 60s something like that she is she's looking bad she's looking bad I said ma'am are you okay she said, no I can't I can't breathe and I can't see I can't see and I can't breathe and her friend says she just threw up and passed out and I said, okay. I said, are you going to be all right? And she said, I don't know. And I said, okay, great. And so I pull out my phone and instantly call 911. And at this point in the park during the summer, we've had enough dehydrated people, elderly folks that simply couldn't get along, that kind of thing. We've had them that, so that when I called 911, they call up, they said, this is 911, what's your emergency? I always start with, this is Don Hall, front of house manager of Millennium Park. I have an emergency, and, and then I would explain the sick, and then they would refer me to the fire department because that was the closest EMS we could get to. Well, at this point, I called up, I said, this is Don Hall, front of house manager, and she cuts me off. Yeah, Don, what do you need? You need the fire department? I said, yes. So I get to the fire department. They said, this is Chicago Fire Department. I said, yeah, this is Don Hall. They go, hey, Don. So at this point, they know me simply by name. Say, hey, Don, what's up? So I tell them, you know, we've got a woman that she's thrown up and she's having a hard time breathing. You know, I get a bit of information from her. She's 67, I think, and her name and that. And they said, okay, we'll be there in two minutes. And so I uh, send an usher to go meet them and bring them down while I'm, you know, I got her some water and this kind of stuff. So they come in. 
they, they do their thing and I'm kind of keeping an eye on the, the, the whole point of my job at that point is to make sure that everybody else is kind of calmed down because now all of a sudden you have the fire department in the midst of an orchestra concert dealing and they're very discreet they were actually very cool about it but they just kind of take care of it and they uh they, they got her and they said, uh, yeah, we're going to have to bring her someplace cool because it was about 90 degrees outside. So I said, yeah, let's go backstage just over to the Usher entrance because uh, that's air conditioned in there and then and there won't be people around. So they said, great. So I, I, I go, I get them a, a wheelchair just in case. We get in there, we get her back there and the guy starts talking to her and he's doing his job and he is taking all her vitals and taking on her signs. And he asked her, he says, he says, so have you had anything unusual to eat? And she said, well, I didn't eat that much. I think I had a few hors d'oeuvres, but I had a margarita, um, two, two margaritas rather, at uh, Park Grill. At that moment, I, I kind of figured out what was wrong. But I didn't say anything because it's not my place. So the EMS guy talks. She refuses to go with them. She doesn't want to go with them. She doesn't want to leave. She doesn't want to go to hospital. She's kind of adamant about it. She's at that age where being adamant about it, she's not feeble. She's actually quite uh, staunch about her position. She's not going to the goddamn hospital, as I will quote her. And so finally they, they say, okay, great. I said, well, we're going to leave you back here. And so the EMS guy split and they thank me. And I thank them. And I look at her and I say, okay, here's some water and a nice comfortable seat. You're in the air conditioning, so I'll be back to check on you. And so I go off and I do some stuff. And a couple, you know, about 10, 15 minutes later, I come back and she's gone. And what she's done is now she's standing over by the ramp watching the concert. And so I walk over to her and say, how are you feeling? You're actually supposed to be in there sitting down. She goes, yeah, but I'm missing the concert. And she said, God, I'm so embarrassed. She said, I, I'm a fitness teacher. I, I don't even know what happened. And I said, I'm, I said, I'm not. I said, I'm, you know, I'll be honest with you. You could see she was a little worried about it. She could see she was really, you know, kind of freaking out about the fact that she just had this episode. And she threw up and it turned out that she threw up, pissed her pants and passed out. I mean, it was boom, all of it. And I said, well, I'm not a doctor, but I'm Irish and I like to drink. And so my suggestion is, I've had one of those Park Grill margaritas, and they do not cheat you on the alcohol. Those are serious margaritas. I said, my guess is, if you didn't eat a whole lot and you had two of those gut busters, it does not surprise, it's amazing to me that you're even standing right now. I said, my guess is, combined with the massive heat and the humidity and all the people, the crowd, that it just snapped you. And she started laughing. She goes... God, I hope you're right. I don't know if you are, but that just the thought that that might be the problem makes me feel so much better. Two days later, I got an email from her. She tracked me down, wanted to say thank you, and apparently that was exactly what the problem okay. was. Okay, I got one. I got one. Um, so Broadway in Chicago this year, there was a lovely middle-aged lady. I say lovely loosely and um, she was very intent on getting into the seating bowl um, on the merit that her sister was in there and had a seat for her and was saving her a seat and her husband was down there and she just had to get in there and my job my one and only job this event was manning this partition that allowed people with a certain color wristband to get in and nobody else until a very specific time and that time was 5:45. and until then 
the seats were only available to these certain people. Um, otherwise, people were waiting in line for the seats to be released, and so that line had formed, and there was another guy I was talking to, la la. So this woman comes up, and she's so intent on convincing me that there is a seat waiting for her, and her sister's there, and I said, ma'am, you're not getting in without a wristband. And she's like, my sister's there. I'm like, call your sister on, her, on your cell phone and tell her to come here and bring you the ticket, and then I'll let you in. So she calls her sister. She says to me, oh, she's over there, but she can't get over here. And I'm like, well, she has to come over here. I'm not letting you in. And uh, eventually the sister shows up, and she flashes me a Grant Park music card, which unfortunately for this event doesn't apply. This is a Millennium Park event. That's a separate thing. Um, I'm very grateful that she's a member for Grant Park, but this is not that event, so I don't even know how she got in. She shouldn't have been let in in the first place. So now the sister's in the wrong, but I'm not going to bounce her out. You know, it's too much effort. She's in. She's unrightfully so, unfortunately. And so on the merit of that, I'm not going to let this other lady in. I don't care if it's her sister. So she just had to wait in line like everyone else for the seats to be released and to go in with the masses. And she, I thought she was going to cry. She was so upset. And and she con- continued to bother me for the, every like three minutes until I said, ma'am, you're just going to have to wait 10 minutes like everyone else. I'm not going to let you in. And she finally relented that I really wasn't going to let her in. And I was really, it was, it was overwhelming, but I was proud of myself because um, I figured this lady tries to get away with this all, all through her life with everybody else. And just, you know, like the weaselly types, they try to just get whatever they can from anyone and they just steamroll you. And I was not going to be steamrolled. Um... And then finally, the guy who was first in line, um, he was so impressed. He's like, I'm a, I'm a dentist. I run my own clinic. We need more people like you on my staff that, you know, follow the rules. And he gave me his card. And uh, I have zero interest in the dental industry. But it was still really nice to be, like, acknowledged. And she, she did get let in with along with everyone else. Oops. Don, we have a problem. We need a wheelchair on the east ramp. This is Tiffany. I said, all right, Tiffany. I said, uh, give me five minutes. I'm going to have to go get a wheelchair. What's the, what's the emergency? We have a gentleman who cannot walk anymore. He's so overheated that he cannot walk anymore. And I said, Greg, got it. So I run. And to get a wheelchair in Millennium Park, if you don't already have one, is either I always had one backstage just in case, but that was already in use at this point in the night. It was another like 95 degree night. And so I ran up to the Welcome Center and I had to check one out. So I check out one of the like 10 wheelchairs that they have and I wheel it all the way around. It took me a little longer than five minutes because it's, it's quite a stretch. And I get there and there's Tiffany and she's with an older couple. And the older gentleman is sitting in a chair that she's pulled out for him. And so we get the older gentleman in the chair and Tiffany says, well, they need to go to the parking garage because then they're leaving. And I look at her and I said, well, you know where the parking garage is? She goes, I, oh, and she does the fucking thing where she shrugs, I don't, I don't drive because she didn't want to do it. And I understood that, but I didn't, I didn't want to fucking do it, but I, all right, I got to do it. So I said, all right, I got it. I got to I'll take care of it. I said, all right, folks, let's go. So we start going and I can't go very fast because his wife is as old as he is. She's just not she's still able to walk. 
So we're going, we go to the parking garage, we get through the parking garage, we get to the, the elevators, and they said, yeah, what floor are you guys on? What level are you on? And they don't remember. They don't remember what floor they're on. There's seven floors of parking in Millennium Park. I said, well, that kind of puts us in a quandary. Uh, I said, where's your, where's, your, where's your ticket? She goes, oh, we left it in the car. I said, okay. I said, I, I don't know where to, I mean, we can't go through seven floors looking for your car. I, I don't even know. She goes, it might, might be three. I said, are you sure? Old man says, it's three. I said, all right. So we get on the elevator, we go to three. And I come out and I said, do you know what section? Three A, three B, they have no idea. I mean, not a clue. So we start off and we're, they've told me, I said, give me your license number and the making, make and color of your car. And so they did, and it was an SUV, and, and so we started, and we started at 3A, and we just slow, and I couldn't go fast because she was right there next to me. So we're going, and we're talking about the heat, we're talking about being older, we're talking about whatever, and while I'm looking for their fucking car, I'm getting, like, Georgia saying, Don, we have a gentleman who's dancing in the aisle. Don, we have a, a man who's angry because he can't smoke on the lawn. Don, we have a problem with a homeless man who's bothering people. I mean, it just, I mean, it's just going and going. And the whole time I'm like, okay, I am in the parking garage looking for a car. I'll be there as soon as I can. If you can solve it yourself, that'd be great. That's the best I can do because I can't just leave these, abandon these old people in the garage. So finally, 35 minutes later, we land in 3F. We find their car. And so I get him in his car and I'm, you know, thanking them. And I, I mean, I'm getting ready because the, the, the concert's about to end and I have to close things out and get all my ushers. So I have to move. I have to get out of there. And she very graciously, but this is just says exactly how old they were. She says, oh, thank you so much and offers me a tip of a dollar. I said, no, thank you. You keep that. This was my pleasure. This is just my job. And they drove away, and then I bolted with that goddamn wheelchair, got the wheelchair back, and got there just in time to go ahead and close out things for that particular night's symphony. They really want those seats, man. They, they are willing to do whatever it takes to get those. And they're free. Like, they're going to riot and beat each other up over free seats. It's insane. Um, no, there, there was a gentleman that um, suffered a, a mild heat stroke, and we, he had to be removed right when the concert started too um that was scary i suppose um i don't know it it was it was okay nothing major happened uh i don't know um my favorite event so far of all the four seasons besides the rock three rachmaninoff piano concerto number three which is my favorite piece of music and um, the variations on a theme, Paganini, that's another one. Uh, those are both in movies, of course. The Rock is in uh, Shine with Jeffrey Rush. He won something, an Oscar or something. And then the variations on a theme of Paganini is in uh, Somewhere in Time with uh, Christopher Reeve. So anyway, I feel close to this pieces of music but other than that my favorite thing here ever was the Wayne's World Night at the film it's part of the film series that was last year and um, it was like the 25th anniversary of Wayne's World or something and there was even like a convention and Aurora you know whatever and Alice Cooper was here and he like 
said hello to everyone and the audience all said back, we're not worthy. And he held out his hand like he did in the movie. That was pretty great. That, that made my whole year. It's just, it's super fun and it's super easy and straightforward and um, I feel like I belong here. And I was just uh, mentioning recently how fascinating the whole structure of like how the Harris Theater is like integrated with uh, the back of Grand Park and the weirdness of the two and a half floors and it's like Harry Potter land, you know. I still get lost. I got lost today coming over here to the patient service tent. I literally was like, how did I manage to get lost? It's crazy, but exciting. Getting lost is sometimes really th thrilling because then you, it makes you think and you're not just on autopilot all the time. Um, yeah, and of course I like classical music or else I couldn't work here. It'd be too boring, I don't know. If you can't find some joy in it, just why would you be here, right? Um, I'm a big music nut too, just in general. We have a new house manager and he's pretty great. <laughs> uh, plugging yourself. Uh, no, but honestly, it's, uh, the, the people are pretty great. Um, I don't know, it's good when you can find a team of people that you feel like you're gelling with and um, contributing to your community in a larger sense. And I feel like this is a good way to give back to the Chicago community at large and um, finding little ways to uh, be a part of that. And um, in all the other things I do in my life, I, I'm constantly like telling people about the events at Millennium Park. I'm on the radio and every week I like literally take out the schedule and read the whole thing like the whole summer, whatever's left of it. And uh, I just try to cross-pollinate. And um, people meeting each other is a really wonderful thing about life. And that's kind of what I see as my calling is like being the center of a hub, like a networking hub, like a spider web, you know? In a weird way, I like spiders, I like webs. So just connecting people together and like making things happen and this, that's kind of why I love theater is because you know you take a group of people all different kinds of people and somehow they manage to share the same vision enough to put together like an event and it's kind of out of thin air like magic can I say it's like magic it's totally dorky but it's true you know and it's like the end result could be amazing, it could be terrible, but it's still a journey. I could talk about theater all day. Theater's way more, you know, easy. That's my cup of tea. That's your cup of tea. That's my cup of tea. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Don. And that's Marlena Carlson, and that is episode 52 of Millennium Park Stories. I hope you enjoyed them. And uh, there's more, more to come. Got a couple more episodes. We've got some more ushers that I want you to hear from that I think you'll enjoy. And some more stories. So if you enjoy it, you've heard me say this. If you enjoy Peculiar Journeys and you're digging the Millennium Park stories, uh, share it with somebody. Share it on your blog. Share it on your social media, your Snapchat. I don't care. Um, if you really enjoy it, Subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Give me a review. Star review, verbal review, whatever. I don't care if you like it or not, but if, if you'd like it enough, I would hope that the review would not be just, this guy sucks balls. Whatever. 
And finally, if you really, really enjoy it and you want to help out financially so that I can continue to tell stories and record stories and write stories and do all this kind of stuff that no one pays anybody for, um, go to patreon.com slash peculiar journeys. Patreon is a platform very much like public radio where every month you, you just sign up for like, here, I'm going to give you a buck a month, a dollar a month. And then that just generates. If I get enough listeners to give me a dollar a month, then that pays for some of the equipment, pays for some of the bills, and all that kind of awesome stuff. So I would really appreciate it. So with that in mind, thank you so much for listening, and you'll hear from me next week. Peculiar Journeys is a weekly storytelling podcast produced, voiced, and edited by myself in my apartment above a bar in Wicker Park, Chicago. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or catch it on SoundCloud, or download it from DonHallChicago.com. You can assist Peculiar Journeys financially, if you can, by becoming a VIP patron on www.patreon.com slash peculiarjourneys. Peculiar Journeys.